You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We'll go to the many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, and I'm the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today, we're here to talk to you about crits! So... Yet another one for this week's theme of how the fuck did we not talk about this already? Crits! What's Nathan, crit? what is a crit? Well, a crit is uh, when you roll a, a 20 on your dice. And, uh, yeah. Is that it? Attack rolls only, really. And, and like, melee and ranged ones, not, not magic ones. As often the case, you say some things oh, yeah, that are true. I, but I, I forgot. Incomplete. I forgot the other one. Uh huh. And uh, you get a one. You, you always miss. It, it's, it's yeah. I'm a good <sighs> communicator, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, you are not. Not in any way, shape, or form. So please do tell the audience uh, exactly what it is that I've very, very poorly All explained. Right. <laughs> so this is a slightly more complicated topic than it needs to be because fifth edition changed a lot of the terminology. So critical hit is indeed a thing that exists. However, there is no such thing as a critical miss or a critical failure in fifth edition. Those phrases get used a lot, but they are not any of the 5th edition books. They do not exist. So, what actually does happen with a 1, we will certainly talk about in a little bit, but let's start with the classic critical hit. So, how does one get a critical hit, Nathan? They roll a natural 20, a 20 on the dice. Yep, that is the most basic way. So, that being said... What happens when a player does roll a 20? They hit no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, they do. 
Like even but, if the AC is too high, they still hit. You know, it's it's cool. Yeah. So this is another of those cases too where there is actually shockingly little written in the books about this, considering how big the actual topic is at the table. Yeah, it's so, like a legendary thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the kind of thing that like even people who don't play D D know the idea that like rolling a twenty is a crit. Like that is just part of the cultural zeitgeist just around D D. But anyway, what also pisses me off though, for fifth edition particularly here, finding this shit in the books was way fucking harder than it had to be. Because finding the information on rolling one or twenty is the way that it's written in the combat chapter in the player's handbook. The information about critical hit is a chapter earlier for running the game, which is not super helpful. So it's it was just a pain in the ass to actually find all of the relevant rules to be able to share this properly. But anyway, rolling one or a 20. Sometimes fate blesses or curses a combatant, causing the novice to hit and the veteran to miss. If the d20 roll for an attack is a 20, the attack hits, regardless of any modifiers or the target's AC. This is called a critical hit, which is explained later in this chapter. Yeah, thanks. So, what is important there, though, it does not matter if the attack would hit or miss. So let's just say there is some massively powerful creature that has like a 24 AC. And so like a low level character if with a plus two to attack cannot by the numbers hit that. So if they roll a natural 20 on the die, however, then that is still considered to be a hit. So now skipping ahead to the actual section on a critical hit. When you score a critical hit, you get to roll extra dice for the attack's damage against the target. Roll all of the attack's damage dice twice and add them together. Then add any relevant modifiers as normal. To speed up play, you can roll all the damage dice at once. For example, if you score a critical hit with a dagger, instead of 1d4, roll 2d4 for the damage, and then add your relevant ability modifier. If the attack involves other damage dice, such as from the rogue's sneak attack feature, you roll these dice twice as well. So, critical hits are massively more powerful for classes that do have extra damage dice. So let's just say you have a fighter with a you know flame greatsword, which does an additional... 2d6 fire damage in addition to the 2d6 of the greatsword itself so then that would be 2d6 slashing 2d6 fire then doubled so a fighter with that weapon then would deal 4d6 slashing plus 4d6 fire plus you know the regular strength modifier damage so let's just say three so basically you're doing 8d6 plus three damage with that critical hit and again, anything that does extra dice is that much more dangerous. So they even specifically give the example of a rogue's sneak attack. So like a max level rogue has an additional 10d6 sneak attack. So even with a dagger, 
with if you do crit with that dagger with a max level rogue, you would do 2d4 plus 20d6 plus 5 or whatever the number is. And that also is the reason that the paladin is one of the really underappreciated damage dealers. Because a lot of people do know that the Paladin have a class feature called Divine Smite, which, after an attack roll, lets you choose to burn a spell slot to deal additional radiant damage. But a lot of people forget or just don't know that that still applies, even if the attack is a crit. So if a Paladin were to make the choice to burn a spell slot after a crit, that Divine Smite damage also doubles. So just for funsies, let's also say that the Paladin is making use of that same greatsword that that fighter had. So, okay, so that 2d6 and 2d6 would double to 4d6, 4d6 again, but then they burn the Divine Smite, so they would deal 4d6 fire plus 4d6 slashing plus, and let's just say, you know, they've only got not quite max level paladin so let's just say that they do an additional 48 with the divine smite then that also doubles to 8d8 so yeah 8d6 plus 8d8 plus 5 damage and the fact that they can just choose to burn that spell slot after the crit is a massive part of what makes paladins just honestly underappreciated in terms of pure damage output. <sighs> so, yeah. So, the thing is, crits are rather infamous just as part of the community, as we talked about. So, there are a lot of debated things of doing additional effects after a crit. But there is just a brief mention of this in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Critical success or failure? Oh, actually, so I take it back. There is a brief mention of critical failure, only to mention that it it generally doesn't exist. So rolling a 20 or a 1 on an ability check or saving throw doesn't normally have any special effect. However, you can choose to take such an exceptional role into account when adjudicating the outcome. It's up to you to determine how this manifests in the game. An easy approach is to increase the impact of the success or failure. For example, rolling a one or uh, rolling a one on a failed attempt to pick a lock might break the thieves' tools being used, and rolling a twenty on a successful investigation check might reveal an extra clue. That is the sum total in all the goddamn official canonical books for fifth edition on critical success or potentially critical failure. Oi. So, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, actually, so I, I am jumping back and forth a little bit between success and failure. So just to say the only other thing written about rolling a one, if the d20 roll for an attack is a one, the attack misses regardless of any modifiers or the target's AC. So one very important thing to keep in mind regarding all of this, it is only for an attack roll that a 20 or a 1 matters. So that can be a melee attack. It can be a ranged attack. It can be a 
weapon attack or it can be a spell attack. So it doesn't matter if it's a dagger, a greatsword, a longbow, or a spell like Eldritch Blast that does make an attack roll. Anything, period, that rolls a d20 on the part of the attacker, an attack roll, can have a 20 or a 1. So Eldritch Blast can have a critical hit. Weapons can have a critical hit. Ability checks, saving throws, by rules as written, do not have any special effect on a 1 or a 20. It does not matter if you roll a 20 on your dexterity saving throw to avoid a fireball, you are still going to take half damage. There is no special effect. It does not matter if a 1 is rolled on your check. By rules as written, there is no additional effect. However, this is a massively contested point in 5th edition. So, Nathan, could you tell me what some of the other opinions and options are for 1s and 20s? Well, I know, like, the general one for uh, just both of them are uh, some chart or table that you roll upon to have other effects other than the given ones. And um, other ones would be different ways of doing nat 20s where instead of um what what was it rolling the what what what's the thing that you do with the damage nowadays Fuck. uh double dice yeah double dice um d there's uh some rules where instead of doing double dice you do um double damage so instead of um like both being random where it becomes more average towards the middle bit um it's a bit more like Okay, if you roll well, you roll really well. Yeah. Whereas a straight up double damage. So, yeah. Yeah. So, can you tell me why some people do see it as insufficient to just double the damage dice? I mean, it's, it's just not as fun, I, I, I think. It can... So, that is part of it. But a lot of it just comes down to the statistics of it. So, let's just take... The example, let's just say there's a person with a dagger who, you know, stabs out, manages to roll a 20 on the die. Oh, yeah, shit. Great. That, that dagger but does fuck they all. Yeah, and then they just roll ones on both of the damage dice. Well, actually, no, forget dagger. Let's say greatsword. Let's say you do have a, a fighter with a non-magical greatsword, and they get the crit, and then, so it's, you know, 2d6 plus 3, let's say. Like, let's say they have a decent strength. Like, but then they just roll all four damage dice just comes out to be a one. So then, woo, that crit was seven damage. Great. That That's it. Next. Like, that is incredibly disappointing. And yeah, it's true that that just is a thing that happens sometimes. But for a critical hit specifically, that sucks. And that is just disappointing. Like, it makes it feel like a less successful moment to roll less than the damage that you did the previous turn when you just happened to roll well on the 2d6. So honestly, I understand the reasoning of why people might want to be able to do more with a crit. And I've mentioned before that there were things that I actually liked better back in fourth edition, and crit is actually one of them. Because 
the way that that worked was that instead of just doing the extra damage die, it maximized the damage, but then added additional. So in other words, like, let's say you've got that same 2d6 plus 3, you would then do 15 plus the damage dice. So then it is guaranteed to be more than, you know, your standard hit because it's a fucking crit. Like, it's simple, but honestly, I really did enjoy that. And the fact that it is guaranteed to be more makes it a very satisfying moment. Like, so even if you do roll poorly on the dice portion, you're still at least doing more than your normal to get that more epic moment. And again, there is zero chance by that series of rules of, you know, a poor roll or at least a poor roll not doing good. But on the other hand, of course, like I said a moment ago, as much as it sucks, that happens. Like, there are going to be times where, like, yeah, okay, you did well on your attack roll, but your damage just wasn't very satisfactory that time. Like, that is a human thing to happen, for lack of a better phrase. So whether it is, you do just go by standard rules or look up the fourth edition, look up, you know, look up older editions, like, or just other methods of crit entirely, like... I don't suggest overcomplicating it too much, but there is something to be said with the idea of wanting more out of crits. So uh, one other thing that you did mention, Nathan, though, is the idea of having charts to do more things when a critical hit happens. Can you give any examples of just some things that could be on such a chart? Well, critical hit, um, if you're really lucky, say it's on a large table. You you roll the hundred, you you lop the guy's head off. He's dead. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> you know. Okay, so quick tangent then. So you just mentioned a D one hundred chart. So that does bring up the question: How big a chart do you want to make for additions on a critical hit? And you can go as simple or as far as you want to. D1 so you could have it be oh, as no. simple as like a D6 of just like, okay, like let's say you roll a one on the D6, then it's just a normal critical hit. You know, uh, you know, two or three, something cool happens. Uh, four or five, something even cooler happens. And like on a six, you chop off a bit. And then you could even have it be like, oh shit, you know, you chop, you chop off their, you know, chop their arm off, you know, or a leg or, you know, what have you. Like, I personally am not so fond of the insta kill just because that is just a level of randomness that I personally find to be distasteful. On the other hand, an argument can be made that, okay, let's say you have a D20 chart. And then you roll, you get the crit, and then you roll on the d20 chart for the crit, and then you get a 20. So statistically speaking, that is a 1 in 400 chance of rolling two 20s back to back. 1 in 400 is not an easy thing to pull off. So doing something like an automatic kill at, on a d20 chart for the critical hit reward... I can, I personally would not, 
But I also think that that would be a relatively reasonable thing for people who are less OCD than I myself am. So that, I think, could work. So, with all of that being said, though, that does not mean that you have to automatically go to the insta-kill. Because, again, if you have a D20 chart, that gives you a lot of room to play. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So, Nathan, what are just some other effects that you could have on that chart that are less than instant death? I mean, there's always the lovely, lovely injury that you could apply onto an enemy where you lop off an arm. Uh, Yeah! you, You... embarrass them immensely somehow uh yeah that would actually be a relatively interesting thing because like fifth edition does have like the fear effect so maybe it is a thing where just like you embarrass them so much that they are they have the frightened condition (laughs) until the end of your next turn or something like that so just like they can't bear to face you and they just run away for it like oh god that was so embarrassing i look like a fool like that's like that's a thing that you can do, <laughs> oh, and like great. you can go like as creative as you want with it. Whether it is just like in terms of potential injuries, and like you know, you could just listen to our episode on injuries to go into more examples of that. But then, like you said, you know, you can do just like embarrassment or just effects. Like maybe there's the kind of thing where like. You know how there's some movies where there's like the master swordsman that just like cuts the enemy's armor off of them. No, who am I talking to? Never mind. Scratch that. (laughs) Sorry, Nathan. (laughs) But no, but seriously, though, like some maybe you can have it just like have an effect damaged armor and then just, uh, you know, attack rolls against them. Just have a or just like they have a negative two to their AC for the rest of the encounter or just like or just like until they get it fixed. 
Like, that's a shitty thing, but not too hard to keep track of mechanically. But tracking the mechanics is the reason to be cautious about doing this, because if you do go complicated with your chart, that makes more things for you to keep track of as the DM. I personally think that it can be worth it if this is something that you want to do, but it is something to be aware of when making the choice and just making the chart, because something else that is very important to understand, Nathan, are there ways besides rolling a 20 to get a critical hit? Uh, if I'm not wrong, if you're like some... Well, I think one of the the fighter class, there's one thing that gets yep, you a crit hit at 19. Fighter. Hey, I, I know stuff. I'm a, I'm a dungeon master, Rabbi. <laughs> You're getting there. Just head pat. <laughs> yeah, see, you, you know the basic version. At level three, the champion fighter does indeed become able to get a critical hit on a 19 and 20. However, something that you yourself, Nathan, as well as a lot of dungeon masters at home forget about, that upgrades when they get to level 15. The champion fighter then can score a critical hit on a roll of 18 to 20, which is massive, massive benefit. So to put that into I, perspective... I, I can't do the math right now, but that's a lot of percentage. I know. I'm, I was just going to do that. To put that in... That's what you're interrupting, you jackass. Sorry. <laughs> to put that into perspective, any number, 1 through 20, is a 5% chance. So having 18, 19, or 20 crit gives a 15% chance for any given attack roll to score a critical hit. In addition to that, however, it is worth considering that a fighter at that level has three attacks per turn. And that's not even including like magic items or feats that might allow an additional attack as a bonus action. You know, something like a Scimitar of Speed or something like the Great Weapon Master feat, which allows you to do a bonus action attack if you do score a critical hit or uh, reduce someone to zero hit points. So, so someone at that level might have up to four attacks on a turn. So four times with a 15% chance on each roll is actually pretty goddamn good odds and it is that combination of factors of the multi-attack or sorry extra attack rather as well as that superior critical that makes the champion fighter really really dangerous and the same can be said for any of the methods to just get an expanded critical hit range because there are actually quite a few others besides just the champion fighter I mean, hell, the Hexblade Warlock is able to do the same. I mean, actually, any Warlock is able to do so with the Hex spell, which also makes it so that on a 19 or 20, they can score a critical hit. So that's why I mentioned Eldritch Blast specifically as an example, is the fact that Warlocks are actually one of the spell classes with the most ease of getting an expanded critical hit range. So with all of that being said, though, are there ways to negate a critical hit? No idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, there are. Uh, wait, 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 oh, wait, shit. wait. And anything that like I, I'm sure there's a bunch of spells that make make people re-roll shit. 
That is true. Like, technically, anything that you can do to impose disadvantage is an excellent way to negate a critical hit. And there are quite a number of ways to do that. But even on the magic item front, there's one that's relatively easy, which is adamantine armor. So any medium or heavy armor that isn't hide. And it's interesting, too, because adamantine armor is an uncommon magic item that does not require attunement. And yet it is surprisingly little known and little used in my experience. But it is an amazing uncommon magic item for all that. While you're wearing it, any critical hit against you becomes a normal hit. Flat out. That's amazing. And yet it is super, super rare to actually see that used in a game. Which, for how useful that can be and how life-saving that could potentially be, that's honestly just very surprising to me that it's just not used a whole lot. And like I'm sure Nathan, like I would hope that you'd have heard of Adamantine, even if you didn't know that that armor existed. Yeah, Wolverine, yes. God what? fucking damn it. <laughs> That's Adamantium. Oh right. Yeah. That wrong too. universe. Wrong universe. <laughs> yeah, but I do know about Adamantine. I'm just joking yeah. around. <laughs> I know. I know. But I everyone always makes the Wolverine joke. It's not <laughs> It's not funny anymore. It's always the first fucking thing that I hear. Remy is sad. Uh, you can hear it in his voice. That is like the, like decades of pain. Uh, I haven't even played D&D for a decade, but yes. Oh, have I? My anniversary, mate. I should look that. I need to check exactly when I started. It's getting there. Huh. All right. Interesting. Anyway, so the point being, though, like there are ways to negate critical hits, but they are really rare. But OK, uh, let's just uh, move right along then. Ones, critical failures. This is something that is also arguably more debated in what should be done when a one is rolled on the die. So, Nathan, what is your opinion on doing something worse when a one is rolled? Sorry? So, what is your opinion of doing something extra when a one is rolled? I mean, personally, I don't like the idea. I think it's bad. It's like, it, we, we should focus on what uh, the cool stuff is and the bad stuff. We basically, you fail by default, and that's it. Mm-hmm. See, what you just said, though, is incorrect. A one is an automatic miss. It is not an automatic failure. Again, this is the very important. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. I'm aware it's only for attacks. Yes. So it is possible, especially if you are, you know, a rogue or a bard, just anyone who does have the expertise feature to have a really good plus to a skill bonus. So if you have a bard with like a plus 14, then even if they roll a one, they still got a goddamn 15, which is going to be enough to succeed in a lot of situations. Like unless you're in a particularly tense moment, like that 15 is still probably going to succeed. So it is very important to know that there are going to be times where someone rolls a one on the die, but you should not have them automatically fail. The number 
is what matters for all saving throws and ability checks. There is no critical failure with saving throws and ability checks. Got it? No, there is not a failure. The only automatic failure is attack rolls that roll a one. However, there is one situation besides all of these where ones and twenties matter. Nathan, do you have any idea? Uh, no. <laughs> Death saving throws. Oh shit! Yeah, damn. Fuck. Yeah, that's that's pretty nasty. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of rules. From my understanding, there's a couple where it's like, okay, if you roll two nat twenties, you get back up instantly. No. Where you roll no, one no, no, nat twenty, no, you get no. back up instantly. If you rolled on nat one, yes. it's two failures. If you roll on nat twenty, that's two successes. You know, that's there's a whole no. bunch. You, no, you you're getting half of those wrong. Stop it. <laughs> Stop confusing people. <laughs> I forget. Rolling I'm... one or twenty. <laughs> yeah. When you make a death saving throw and roll a one on the d twenty, it counts as two failures. If you roll a 20 on the d20, you regain one hit point. So what that is very important to understand. You die if you get three death saving throw failures, which means if you do roll a one, then you can die in two turns of failed death saving throws. It is horrifically dangerous. But then on the other hand, if you do roll a 20 on the die, you do regain one hit point. So you do not just stabilize. You are conscious with one hit point and can immediately stand up on your next turn just, you know, with the usual half your movement. So one is two failures. A 20, you are conscious with one hit point. So for the sake of argument, though, I do want to talk a little bit more about ones because... Even though this is one of those rare times where you and I do agree that having a chart for critical failures is not our style, it is still a thing that some DMs like to have and use. So that being said, what would be some potential things to have happen on a critical failure if you implement such a rule? You trip and fall on your ass. Yeah, that could absolutely be a thing. Your character falls prone. Or as a, you know, kind of related thing, maybe you just, you know, drop your weapon or implement, what have you. Just whatever is in your hand, you just, you drop it. You know, or just, you can just have things happen. Unfortunately, there is one thing that I see way too fucking often that pisses me off. Don't make a critical failure attack your teammate. That's fucked up. Don't do that, DMs. Again, way, way too goddamn often I have it see, oh no, you the character rolls a one, so the arrow sails over the shoulder and hits the fighter. Ha 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 ha. Fuck you. That is not an okay thing to do. Because that is punishing another player for an act of randomness. And Don't do that. Like, I think like the best case scenario would be to Oh, you cut yourself by accident. And it shouldn't be, like, anything too major, right? And even then, like, even if it is, like, you injure yourself by accident, I hesitate to do that because then you are fucking up the mechanics of combat 
by disadvantaging by the numbers like like okay yeah like okay i can agree to that like the worst thing like if you have like the one on the d20 chart of crit failure be attack yourself by accident okay that could be something but don't you fucking dare like have the attack hit another player that is just not okay however one thing though that i actually do suggest again if you do make use of such rules here something that almost never fucking happens in fifth edition have the weapon break that shit happened all the goddamn time ah! and yet i don't know that i've ever seen that happen in a fifth edition game like like has has f like flashbacks to, to weapon durability systems in video games oh uh, no yeah so that's why don't do not make that a thing to track that's just a pain in the ass but <laughs> just like but if you did just have like okay yeah you've got a d20 chart and then you can just say like maybe that's the worst option on your d20 chart if you're you know less of an asshole than nathan is to just like maybe the one on yeah so like a one and a one could just be the weapon breaks the blade snaps the bow snaps you know whatever weapon you're using it just breaks that is shitty but again, do you have any idea how often weapons broke in medieval combat? The answer is a lot. Whoa. And yet, <laughs> and yet, again, that's just not something that 5th edition like really wants to keep track of. So there was intent in the design of 5th edition to not have a lot of complicated things to track which is why there's no kind of you know weapon durability or sundering or any of those types of things to break a weapon but by having just an option for a crit failure you don't have to track it really it's just a thing that might or might not happen like that would be a potential good opportunity for doing such a thing and again like just make it be so that might happen for a non-magical weapon but like any magical weapon is of superior craftsmanship. And then you could just like re-roll the table if that happens. Because do not take away your player's magic items just because of one stroke of bad luck. That is a dickish thing to do. Please don't. But for non-magical, easily replaceable items, I'm okay with that. So all of that being said, Nathan, what is your opinion on how to use critical successes or potentially failures i think um crits in general are a great way to spice up your game and make every role feel important um because at any point in time during your game you can have something major change the tide of a fight because when it really does like when he when it really does come down to it and you're playing the game sometimes you may be pushed into a tight spot and your friends and teammates may be going down, but well, that crit might just help you turn the title to battle. In summary, whether you do decide to expand the rules of crits to include a chart for success or failure, it doesn't change the fact that it is a massively important aspect of D&D, &D, and there are indeed some fun ways that you can take advantage of to spice things up.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.